baby. Let's get this thing started. Three-man game or three-way. What should we call this? Definitely not that. You don't want to go three-way? It could be the one. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the DMVR Nuggets Podcast. Let's go. (laughs) You can say whatever you want. We've got a great show for you today. Big picture. Let's take a little breather. We need D-Line here. We've missed D-Line's big picture takes. That's all I I have. I've got nothing if not uh, at the wrong level. Constantly. Just the wrong one it's, all the it's time. Very, very true. <laughs> and then right. we, we did a mailbag and we have some really good questions about which player do we expect to make the biggest leap throughout the season? Are the Nuggets too Jokic dependent? Uh, and a handful of others. I think there's some really interesting meat on the bone to a lot of these topics. And then also, I don't know if you guys know this. Big night for the in-season tournament. Oh, oh Doctor. Baby. So we're gonna have some in-season tournament tonight. Two teams have a chance to punch their ticket tonight to the tourney. We're already at, that, already at that stage. The teams that, were, that have that opportunity, you're going to hate. Uh, we'll get to more of that here in a second. But first, <laughs> D-Line is in the house. What up? Uh, guys, I remember, I mean, I'm old enough to remember the very first in-season game. And here we are already. <laughs> yeah. Already with teams punching their ticket. They grow so fast, don't they? They really do, man. It has flown by. <laughs> um, and then over there, Harrison wins. Are we popping bottles for clinching your spot in the <laughs> yes. knockout round? Yes. Dude, you kind of should. Look. Champagne showers. I love it. We lost one game, and now we're like, that dumb tournament? <laughs> Who cares about that stupid thing? Well, I'm actually <laughs> a little over it now. You're, yeah. <laughs> it's Just, funny. I'm a little tired After, of it. Because we're, yeah, because our... our Acceptance is tenuous. It's so true, man. I'm telling you, that's exactly why. Because I feel tacky. the same way. It's it's lost a little bit of a shine. Ever <laughs> since it really has. I mean, How like, do you want to go to that stupid party? I'm glad I wasn't yeah. invited. <laughs> do you know Toronto Raptors played their first in-season game on Friday? They were the only team that, for whatever reason, hadn't played a single one. That's now okay. it ends for some teams. That's they're, like, the Toronto Raptors are the Denver Nuggets of this year, where they the, they're the team that the NBA just forgot <laughs> to make a schedule for. It's happened to us in the past, so we we know what it's like. Uh, we it's, know what it's like to just play a ridiculous schedule. Toronto's getting it this year. Yeah, it's so much easier to just forget about a team when they don't exist when si- inside of your borders. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's, off yeah. you go. Toronto. So true. So, so true. Um, but first, guys, let's start with some hangover takes. You know, you get a chance. Um, I love that the game was early because, you know, with the All-NBA show, I have to go back and watch. I wanted to watch the Charlotte game, which actually turned out to be very good, beat Boston. Uh, and I watched the Pelicans game. Who the Pelicans? I just – I have so many side piece teams. It's kind of – you're like a uh – NBA. Go ahead and say it. Polygamist. Yeah, there you go. That's, it's, that's, it's, I thought you were going to say something it's less a little tasteful. Ra- <laughs> I'm nothing if not tasteful. You are so tasteful. I am a polygamist a little bit, and that I have all these side piece teams, but I only have one main team. Um, but my point was that we got done early enough that I was able to go watch both of those games, and it was like 11 o'clock. I was like, you know what? I'm going to rewatch this Nuggets game now and see what else I take away from it. I'm so glad that you've carved out all of the time, cut out anything to do with your family. You're like, more time? <laughs> I know. <laughs> so true. I'm like, hey, you know what? No. <laughs> you go ride your bike by yourself, Doctor. I'll, I'll do my work now. Um, but here's my first takeaway, hangover take. When was the last time Jokic appeared in a game where he was not one of the two most important Nuggets players? He's 80% of the time, he's the number one most important guy. And then sometimes he's the second most important guy. But this was a weird example of a Nuggets game where You're they saying won. just because he got ejected? Oh, yeah. That's what that's oh, it. Oh, okay. But, I mean, it was. He played a half, but I'm just yeah. saying it's 
I was sitting here thinking, I don't know if it's happened in the last like I mean, it's six every, years. Every time he gets ejected, so every <laughs> one of five, one out of five times that Tony Brothers is officiating one of his games. But if there. he gets ejected in like the fourth quarter, probably still one of the top two most important guys. Sure. But yeah. this was second quarter, and he wasn't that great in the first half. Yeah, I mean it was just such a weird game. Um, yeah, I can't remember. I, my, I can't my, I'm, say, I'm saying, like, we were talking about this earlier. Any of those games either existed, um, I mean, at Tony Brothers' time, but they all happened before Yokemas. Every one of them. Right. I know that. Yeah. So, me and D-Line were talking. We did the show before the show, but I'll let you give the theory because we've all been talking about the various theories. Mine was that with Murray out, Jokic hitting the ground running, yep. he just is tired. Like, yep. he's more tired. The in-season tournament games yep. they had to come back from, so he had to go like monster mode and it's yep. too early in the year to have to go monster mode eight times and i just think yoke's a little cranky i have a theory too but i'll, I'll let you well, guys well, go give, over give, yours eric's is good we're gonna pull on it so give yours real quick yours might be good how too. do you know mine's not good i don't but i know that his is like a 10 minute discussion <laughs> we're gonna pull on mine and push on yours yeah. <laughs> um my theory has to do with the fact that the Serbian horse racing season oh is over. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and it ended. My gosh! <laughs> See what I mean? Thank God I did it in this way. Early November. It, it oh ended God. around the exact same time Jamal Murray got hurt. Yeah. Coincidence. That <laughs> plus having to carry all this responsibility without Jamal. The in-season tournament. All of these factors are coming together. You know what? Yes, there I don't. Is I don't think too. you should dismiss. You're, I'm not. There's, there's something too. Like when basketball season's over, I'm like, damn, I enjoy yeah. that as to unwind. Yeah, his his joy was taken from him. Listen, you're right, you're right. But I have the grand unifying theory that I have proposed oh, yeah. year after every year, year after year, and it's the truth every single year. And every year we're like, what's up with Jokic? What's up with Jokic? And Jokic suffers like me from seasonal affected de depression. Every time this year he gets grumpy, he gets irritable, yeah. the seasons change, he doesn't want to be there, he like is begrudgingly playing. Yeah. There are all these other factors, the horse, I mean like all of these other things. The sun goes down so early. It takes a while it, to adjust to that. It takes fact. a while to get into the mode where your body accepts that there's less sunshine yeah. and that uh, all of the world around you is dying uh, leaf by leaf uh, before it's then born anew. But like he then <laughs> ultimately, this is what happens. I'm serious. Like the, yeah. Jokic is affected by the seasons and the changing of the weather. This happens every single year. We always look for an uh, explanation and that's all it is. Yeah. I actually think that there's something to this. Although I will say in all of our answers, we're all just projecting. Right, like yes. I'm very tired. I'm like, I'm like, he's sick of meetings. Yeah. <laughs> no one appreciates his shirts the way they should. <laughs> it's so true. Mine, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm like, he's probably tired. He's been doing a lot of shows lately, and he's pushing really hard. <laughs> so it's all projection. But I will say, I do notice the older I get, and maybe it's just because you introduced this to my life. This is like the idea of uh, fatigue and load management. Nobody thought it was a thing until it was a thing, and then everyone's like, we need to load manage. I'm too tired to play a game, yeah. and now it's in your mind. You introduced this idea of like how much it sucks in November when the time change happens, and all of a sudden it's dark all day long, and now I'm depressed. Yes! You've given it to me Every... by just making me aware of my own depression. Yeah. Before, I just was fine. You Or you were just like all... 
Hmm. I'm sad. Well, what, what's up? I? Yeah, but you like you anything. lived a life, an unfulfilled life, a life unexamined. Yeah, unexamined. Now you've examined your life and you're like, I hate what I see. <laughs> No one likes it. You guys are ridiculous. <laughs> I'm just gonna let you talk for like the rest of the show. Well, I mean, uh, tell me that we do say yoke misses the time. You do say yoke misses the time. We're always like it's December fifteenth, and really, that's just you've been in this seasonal yeah. depression I'm for serious. long enough that you're like, every you know year. what? Get every, out of bed. Let's go. Every single year, every single year, Jokic's time of petulance, Jokic's time of unexplained fatigue, Jokic's time of his personality not aligning with the way that we think about him is always pre yokeness Always. Mm -hmm. Every so, time. When, to take it back to the team, what is your take overall? Like, we're 14 games in. What's your overarching view of the season so far? If you had to, like, distill it down. They're clearly the best team in the NBA when they have everybody healthy. When Jamal Murray's not healthy, they're still really good. They're not the best team in the NBA, though. For sure. I mean, I think it's pretty cut and dry. Like, I, I don't see how else you could view it. The bench is good when they have their full complement of guys. It's really shaky when they don't. Defensively, I think they're elite. They can be elite when Jamal Murray's in the lineup, when they have their full rotation. When he's not, they can be really good, but they're not at that elite, elite level. I honestly saw enough over the first, <laughs> what was it? Seven games of the season. Do you, do you feel like those first seven games were like the month of January last year? Where you're like, okay, I saw it. Everything else is going to be window dressing. We saw what we needed to see from their upside. Yeah, I, I just, I saw the offense. I saw the defense. I saw the bench. I'm actually, I'm like, I'm good, to be <laughs> honest, know. man. We, we um, I, I saw what I needed to see, and um, I think I know what this team is. Absolutely. I mean, this team is the team that is the current reigning champions, uh, minus Bruce Brown, but adding uh, some plucky young players that need to develop a little bit. But yes, yeah. th this is championship privilege where you can dismiss, you can summarily dismiss the regular season as being like, well, got to get through it. I mean, it's yeah. like the you know the way that the Warriors have approached the league for the last however many years, like the way that the Miami Heat just approached the last season until they got to the finals. Yeah. There are teams that have shown you know and the nuggets unfortunately proved to themselves that they can absolutely do this in that last stretch of the season where they completely shut down completely <laughs> turned it off you think that's the lesson they yes, learned they, yes they got yeah, the very we can worst, flip the switch they got the very worst lesson of all which is it that really they was. have a toggle switch that they can turn on it's the worst thing to happen to them it was and i don't know that they would have toggled i don't know that they have toggled the switch off frankly but we have but I think that it's just that Jamal Murray is not playing, and that really disrupts everything that the Nuggets is, the yeah. Nuggets are. I still think the Nuggets probably view getting something of home court advantage very important, like a top two seed, you know, the, the one seed idea or whatever. I don't know, but I do imagine that they look at that. So they will have something pushing them throughout the year. I don't think this is just going to be a total Miami Heat situation where they are like, we can do the play-in thing. That doesn't matter. I don't know, think it'll man. not at all. You, I, I don't think it'll be that. And also, they're 10-4. and four. Um, I will say that I do think that this season is about new challenges than ever before, and you're starting to feel that now more than ever be because of some of the things you're saying. It's always this fear of we've never done it before, and we have to do it, we have to do it, and now it's almost a different one of like totally. we have to fight our own selves. And I will say, I do feel the Nuggets are trying to do the two-timeline thing, and I think that's another thing that's becoming more and more clear as we watch this team, that they have five guys, which to your point... 
you're like, I've seen enough, they're good. It's because they're main guys. But then they have this other group of guys we know almost nothing about, right. and yeah. they're trying to develop those guys. And when they're separate, it works. Right. And then when you blend them together, you're like, what the hell? But it comes down that the other larger problem with this is that they all know that maybe three of them will matter. Yeah. You know, it's like it's going to be Christian Brown again. Now it's going Reggie. to be, now it's and it's going to be Reggie again. Now it's like, does Peyton Watson make that cut? Does Zeke, Julian Strother yeah. do, like those got those like end of the bench bench guys? Like for them, this is everything. But everyone else is like, yeah, yeah he sucks. But okay, like whatever, you know. So <laughs> that I again, like I think this is more of an us issue than it's a them issue. But it it, it does feel like. You know, we are pre we are already in the dog days. This is too early to say this. <laughs> this is too early to say this win, but he said Reggie. Reggie wasn't in our like guaranteed playoff rotation. As through fourteen games, he's been phenomenal. Yeah, Has phenomenal. he done enough that you're like, yeah, he's all right, there's a seven man rotation for the playoffs already. No. Not willing to go there yet. Wow. I think there's still only six guys absolutely locked in for the playoffs. Christian really? Christian the starters. You yeah. don't think Reggie's locked in? No. Oh, oh, we got we got a long way to go. I know, but this we is, got a long, long way to go. But Reggie's not a guy that's like having to prove his metal. He's like been there, done that for various teams for a long time, and he's shown. Unless he has a massive drop off, like I can't imagine him not being. Well, what you're saying yeah. is that he's proven to be of a caliber of player to do it. The question was, can he do it in the Nuggets' style? So that's already fifty percent there. We know he's good enough to be something. And through 14 games, I'm with D-Line. I think I'm convinced that he can do this in the Denver system mm. and be a Denver contributor. So for me, I think I do put pencil him in now and say, yeah, Nuggets have seven guys. They need one more. Maybe two, but it's definitely one. Who's coming with yeah. me? I mean, I, I'm just I'm not, just, I'm just not quite there yet. I, I, I love Reggie. I think he's played really well this year. He's exceeded my expectations, but we're uh, like not even a quarter of the way through the season. Yeah. Like we just got to see more of it. Especially considering how inconsistent he has been over the last couple of years, like yeah. I, I, I just got to see more before I'm gonna absolutely sharpie him into the playoff rotation. Here's one last thing from yesterday's show, and it comes in the form of a question. We're doing a mailbag later, but this one fit into this this segment here, and it comes from buckets. He says, "As great as Jokic is, can it be unhealthy to play through him every single time down the floor?" The team seemed to play a little more free in the second half last night. I'm not saying a lot less, but is it possible they rely on him too much, or am I overthinking this? I actually think it's a very fair question. The yeah. Nuggets do play through Jokic every time down the court. Is there any case in your mind that maybe they can try to go away from him a little bit more than they do? Do I think they should try to go away from him a little bit more? No, absolutely not. But I do think the style that they play and how they do play through him every time is a key reason why they've never been able to consistently find a way to like play positive basketball when he's been on the bench. It's been the reason why when he's not playing in a game, like the Nuggets sometimes don't look like they know how to play basketball. Um, it's, it's definitely a thing for sure. Uh, but no, nah, I think I'd take what they have. Yeah, this is true of any like just generational tent pole player like LeBron James's teams were all complete garbage and yeah. in Cleveland and like he's not on the floor it's like what do they do it's like I I don't know like you can't possibly like they're not going to restructure the way that they play uh to try and 
lift up everyone around him. They just won the championship. They've shown that his heliocentricity is such that he is the sun, he is the moon, he is the stars. You don't want to set up a new solar system outside of it in case that one fails. It's just like, that's it. This is the Nuggets. As Jokic goes, the Nuggets goes, and that's going to be the end of it. Like, to try to establish something where it's like, oh, is this... Like, what are we doing? Are we doing the Jokic thing or the other thing? I mean, I to say, like, the bench, should the bench have their own identity outside of Jokic? Like, absolutely. But, like, beyond that, like, what, I mean, that's just what it is. He he is the reason we won the championship, and that's the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? I understand the, the concern. I'll say no just because I think that going through Jokic, like, when I every time I rewatch games, including yesterday, I'm always like, they should have gone through. Somebody called their totally. own number in some way where you're like, it would have been way better if you would have just not done I that. Know, no matter what it is. And I understand it's human nature to want to give everybody you know, opportunity. The thing I will say is that Jokic's style of basketball, I'll, I'll go to the grave believing this. Jokic's style of basketball is called basketball. Yeah. It's like he's the one that actually plays it in a way that if everybody was on his wavelength, meaning it's sort of it actually wouldn't be Jokic ball. It would just be like basketball. But because he's the only one that knows how to do this every time and make every read possible, then he becomes the fulcrum. But I do think if there was like if you built a team that was LeBron James and Luka Doncic and Jokic and they all agreed to like just play in that style of system, they all could. And there would be plays where Jokic's like in the dunker spot or doing off-ball things because he could. But, you know, when Murray's there, Murray does eat up more of the possessions because, again, he can do that. Aaron Gordon eats up some of the possessions because he can do that. I just think KCP is more limited as an offensive player to be able to do, like, everything in a system. And then Michael Porter, I just think, doesn't quite read the court well enough. So that's like, okay, he's going to be a lower usage guy. You wouldn't give it. I don't think you should say they need to run ISOs more just to mix up the look. That's not true. Yeah, but, like, what what would they need to do more of? The, yeah, and, and also, like, when Jamal Murray is taking over, he's taking over because he's playing off either directly Jokic or the idea of Jokic. Right. Where It's like, even if it's not through him, it still is. Right. Like, he's still at the centerpiece of everyone's focus and thoughts, so then Murray is able to do his thing because of it. Like, if, if Jokic was just simply not part of it, I mean, it's, it's, it's a weird yeah. thought exercise because... You know, without Jokic, there is no this version of the Nuggets. There just isn't. There's I, the version we watched last night. I don't understand, though, why the Nuggets are this bad. I get that it's complicated to go from one system to the next. But to me, it's not that complicated. I honestly don't think it's that complicated to say, oh, he's not on the floor. We're going to play a little more spread pick and roll, and here are my reads, and here's how they're yeah. different. But for whatever reason, it has been a challenge throughout this era, so there's got to be some credence to it. All right, let's take a break. On the other side, the in-season tournament rolls tonight with some big-time matchups, you guys, including it's not just about the teams that can punch their ticket. There's something fun tonight. There are teams that have to, in order to stay in contention, have to blow out the team that they're playing, run up the score, and there's some opportunities tonight for some real (laughs) running-up-the-score moments. We'll talk about that on the other side. Bet365 is never ordinary. Right now, they got a lot of really awesome deals going on. You can choose between two offers, a first-bet safety net, Offer of $1,000, or you can bet $5 and get $150 when you sign up with the code DNVR365. So download the Bet365 app. Use code DNVR365. Uh, when you sign up, you get to choose between those two offers. A first bet safety net of $1,000, or bet $5 and get $150 when you sign up with the code DNVR. Uh, one really cool thing about Bet365 is we have our own DNVR custom bets on there. Bets that we like with the Nuggets, the Broncos, 
you can ride with DNVR. You can bet with us on those bets. So when you log onto the Bet365 app, they're right there. They're out on the front page. Bet with DNVR, ride with DNVR. So place your bets using code DNVR. It's DNVR365 at sign up. Must be 21 plus and physically located in Colorado. Please gamble responsibly if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help. Call or text 1 800 Gambler. Also, shout out to Primo Hoagies. Primo. We've all been there. The first thing you notice when you walk into Primo Hoagies is their endless list of sandwiches. Of potential Their hoagies. menu is massive. You can get a new sandwich there every time. And they're all made with the same fresh ingredients. They're great. You can get a new sandwich every day for the rest of your life. <laughs> they're made with the highest quality Thuman's meats and cheeses sliced fresh to order. Served on Primo's award-winning seeded rolls baked fresh every single day. If you're looking to cater for uh, a party, an event, check out Primo Hoagies. Nobody's going to be disappointed. Don't settle for an average catering tray. Make it a Primo with locations in both Denver and Centennial. They have a sharp provolone cheese that they that you can buy for your charcuterie. Really good. There really you go. Good. There you go. Cooper Their sharp. reviews are in. Is that what it is? Cooper Sharp is sharp provolone. Um, we're out of my depth. <laughs> I mean, same, same <laughs> here. I don't know. You can do a sharp cheddar. You can do a... Yeah, I know you can do all those, but they have a sharp provolone. I've never nice. seen before, and it was phenomenal. Um, All right. The in-season tournament's tonight. You guys know I love the in-season tournament. We know that about you. You know that. And tonight, there's a couple interesting games. For starters, the Lakers have a chance to be the first team to punch their tickets. I hate the in-season tournament. <laughs> Disgusting. Well, listen to their freaking group. Somehow they got the Suns, who are terrible. Well, at least they were earlier in the year when none of their guys were playing. They got the Utah Jazz, who are absolutely terrible. The Portland Trailblazers, who are terrible, and the Memphis Grizzlies, who are terrible. They got the easiest possible path, and they are 3-0. and And tonight, they in Los Angeles, they take on the Utah Jazz. And with a win, they become the first team to be punched to the ticket. They're going to the, lose. They're going to lose. lose to Utah? They're going to lose. They're not losing to Utah, man. Well, I don't know, man. They're going to lose. You're just hoping? Well, here's the thing. They're tie- then they would go to the tiebreaker. They would go to the... Uh, to be a wild card bid, and they're currently plus 42, which is a monster number. So we actually, for the Nuggets, I hate to say it, you guys, if you want to make the in-season oh, tournament, no. you got to root for the you Lakers. you got to root for the Lakers to not only win, but to crush the Utah Jazz. Oh, my God. this is I hate what the in-season tournament has done to us. If you're the Lakers, the wind, would you try as hard as you can to beat Utah by as little as you can? Like, if you're up 10 with 30 seconds to go, is there any part of you that's like, you know what, let's give them four buckets here so that they only get a minus six instead of a minus ten, and they become the wild card as opposed to, say, no. a, a, a Phoenix or a Denver? No. <laughs> no? Absolutely kind of, not. Kind of I think you're shit? really giving teams a lot more credit <laughs> for being as obsessed well, with this tournament as, as you, you say, are. You say that, but you're actually wrong. So somebody, oh, am I? <laughs> well, no, I'm telling you. So this happened the other day where I think it was, I can't remember who it was. It might have been Utah. It was Utah. Utah was down three points with three and a half seconds left, and they call a timeout. They make a bucket and call a timeout just so that he could tell their players not to foul. Because if they foul, they weren't going to win, right? Down three, you foul, they're going to make one free throw almost certainly. Your odds are so low. If that was a regular game, what's there to lose? Who cares if you lose by three, four, or five? 
But in the in-season tournament, they called a timeout. They inbounded the ball thinking they were going to get fouled. And Utah backed off of them all like, like very intentionally. So you say that. Maybe they just had dinner reservations or something. <laughs> you say that, but teams actually are strategizing about this very thing. So anyway, the Lakers are one team. There's that, absolutely no way the Lakers do that tonight. Dude, we, we've talked, we talked about this earlier. Like This in-season tournament rep- represents something maybe a little bit larger. This could yeah, be the NBA Cup. The last dance. LeBron's last dance. His this. last chance at a title. Oh my God. This season, the, it's the NBA Cup. He rides out a yeah. champion. You know, LeBron wanted to win an NBA championship and call it the last dance. <laughs> then you know that he put together the super team for the Olympics that he wants to call it the last dance. Los Olympic Angeles. Team. It's this hilarious is for that you. the actual last dance was him just winning the group play and then losing in the Jeez. in-season tournament. And that's actually LeBron's last it's dance. The last dance, baby. It beats something. Hey, I will say this. You know who's looked really good this year? LeBron James. That does not look like a man that's pacing himself for an 82 game yeah, season. Yeah, it's November. It, he <laughs> but he's not pacing. No, himself. he's not pacing. This is my point. He's I actually think D-Light might be onto something where he looks around and he's like, "This team sucks." <laughs> no way we're winning a championship. But you know what we could win? Could be, the in-season tournament. Because then you could yeah. be like, "Listen, we were good enough to win it all. It's just yeah." We got hurt. <laughs> we won that cup. You saw we won the cup. And you know he wants like the 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 record book to show who won the F, the first ever oh NBA God, cup dude. in NBA history. It was actually LeBron James. Oh my God, it's so Not true. Not since LeBron. The Instagram post calling out Anthony Davis after they lose in oh, the NBA cup. Oh, I can't cup wait. I can't wait. It's gonna be incredible. so good. Uh, the other team. That, the other team that can punch their ticket tonight. Brucey B's Indiana Pacers. What? That Lucy G? That Lucy G, man. So they play at Atlanta tonight. They're 2-0. If they could move to 3-0, it would not matter what happens in their fourth game against Detroit. They will have punched their ticket uh, to be the number one team because they will have beaten all the other teams that could possibly tie them. What do you guys think about the Pacers representing? Oh, by the way, more importantly... The, they could beat the cat the cat are the uh, Cavs and 76ers are in that group they beat both of them already so they could knock those teams into the wild card hunt rather than out of it so yeah the Pacers it's been a nice story I'm absolutely not buying the Pacers as a real team though um, they have an incredible offense they don't they don't have a good defense though I'm just they've been a fun story but all they have to do is beat Atlanta. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm just saying, like, as a as a champion, as a real a team championship going forward. The, the NBA Cup, though, can be built for a team like the Pacers. This is so. this is going to be a new way that we minimize teams. Be like, they're a nice yep. little NBA Cup yep. team. Yeah, they're a yeah. cup team. How many games we do you have? How, game how many games do you have to play <laughs> in the NBA Cup knockout round to win it? Three, three. Quarter semi final. Right, so we are gonna find out who are the three game players. Yeah. <laughs> who, who are the three game players? Yeah. In the NBA? You got Murray sixteen game players. You got three game players. Yeah. There's a difference here. There are levels to this. What about those five game players? Was that the preseason? Preseason guys. Yeah, that's a different beast, man. <laughs> All right. More more interesting than that is that the Phoenix Suns tonight have a rivalry game. DeAndre Ayton and the Portland Trailblazers are in Phoenix tonight. Oh, my God. Ayton's first return home. And I'm telling you, if our PHNX fans are any uh, indication, they are ready to boo that man. Yeah. They do not like Ayton, and they want to boo him. So this is a rivalry game. You know that Booker and KD want to, like, show him up and dominate. They've also been playing well, you know, recently. But here's the thing. They're a wild card team because they have lost a game in in group play. So they are currently trying to get into that. They have to win. Right now, their plus-minus is zero. The Utah Jazz are plus-19. 
Uh, and there's a handful of other teams, plus 10-ish, plus 16, uh, that are in the hunt here. So they need to win tonight against their hated DeAndre Ayton. <laughs> and they need to win by as many points as possible. Oh, my God. Yeah. Do you think, D-Line, that they go for this tonight? That they go for the 30, 40-point win? Oh, do the scumbag sons yes. go and do something that is like loathsome but yeah. like benefits them in a way ah uh, let me think about that <laughs> yes i think that they do i the fact that if they do boo deandre ayton like people would get on nuggets fans all the time for the Car carmelo anthony booing deandre ayton went to school he grew yeah. up in arizona yeah. he went to school in arizona he just didn't no, rebound no man chris paul didn't like him <laughs> he didn't re he didn't chris rebound paul didn't like his, him. he's yeah. out he didn't rebound as ferociously as they wanted him to. And so, like, if they boo him now, like, that is the ultimate, like, come on. You guys are terrible. Do uh, you know how many free throws DeAndre Ayton has taken this year? Oh, no. Um, I'm going to guess it's very low. I'm going to guess it's, like, under five. Nine. <laughs> Nine Jeez. free throws in, like, 14 games. That's rough. That's really rough. Those are Jokic numbers. Oh, my God. What are those going man. on? Can't get any respect. I, I think they'll look to run it up, but not because it's the in-season tournament. I, I think just... Really? Yeah, man. I'm I'm different than you. I do not think teams have this <laughs> in, in <laughs> the front of their mind as much as you did. Yeah, Utah did it. That's one team. Dude, they have half a 30. million dollars at stake, man. I have a hard time thinking guys don't look... Like, Josh Okogie's not looking at this going, wow, this is like one-sixth my salary. I mean, yeah, but he's not the entire team. I think they'll look to run it up because... The Suns have been playing well. They're looking to get a chemistry. They're looking to get a rhythm. And they are in a rivalry game. If you were betting on the game tonight, Kale, will you pull this up? Will you pull this up on the, the betting app and find out like what the line is for them tonight? Because I'll bet you it's like nine. Yeah, I'd take minus nine. You would take the... You're for sure. Because this is the thing. I actually do think that the teams care about this, at least in a little bit. I don't think they'll go out of their way to That's run up a... That's what you're saying, though, no, that they are. No, well, here, here's what I mean. I do. I think they'll go out of the way. So, all right, here's a scenario for you. They're up fifth. No, we'll say they're up twenty points with five minutes to go. Are you taking KD and Booker out? Or are you leaving them in? Twenty points with five minutes. I mean, some teams would keep their guys in. Any, I, I think. Are you running? Are you like running plays and no, stuff? Or are you no. running the clock out? No, you run the clock out. The line is thirteen. Man, see, they know thirteen is a big line for a regular game. <laughs> crazy, I'm telling thirteen. I would still take minus 13. This is also, this is like an, a perfect cover for just like bad behavior. Totally is. Like yeah. the time you want to do this to yeah. your opponents, but you have to be like, well, you know, you have to be respectful to the game. Yeah. You, the basketball gods are always watching. And now it's like, hey, man, the basketball gods are always watching. I got to do what I need to do for this tournament. I respect the tournament. That's why I have to embarrass my former teammate. <laughs> All, right. All right. They're up 20 with eight minutes to go, which is when KD should be checking back in. But they're up 20. Does he check back in the fourth? I, I just think they're going to play it out the entire way. I, I can foresee it. I don't think it's such yeah. a, a, a difficult leap to make because, I mean, I, I, only because we, I, like, I legitimately believe we have seen a higher level of play, a higher level of intensity in, in these games for, you know, does it mean anything? Does it not? But, like, it, it kind of does. Psychologically, I think there's something about that weird line down the middle of the court. It just gets inside players' heads. <laughs> yeah. What about this one, Wind? All right, the Suns rebound the ball. They have one timeout left. There's five seconds on the clock. They're up 20. They get the ball. There's five seconds left. Do they call timeout? No. Are you crazy? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Be you just don't do that. I don't care if you're playing for a meaningless MBA no or not. <laughs> Would you do it? 
Dude, you're this could crazy. be the difference between making it or not. But you're crazy. All you have to do is like, hey, I, maybe this one possession matters. I think they'll I think they want to go. I so think you I, call a timeout, you drop a play, and you go up by 23 instead of 20. I think it I think it's gonna be these one of these things where when the NBA Cup is happening and you're not involved, you're like Oh man, this feels worse than I thought it would. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm rooting for it tonight. I hope that we have this exact scenario where the, they call a timeout with like eight seconds up, up 16, and they're like, you know what? We can go up 18 if we drop a play here. And it's incredible. <laughs> I'm excited to learn that. We're going to learn a lot about the psychology of various NBA teams through this. In yeah. that there's never been a reason to run up the score other than just being a jerk. <laughs> well, I mean, in all sincerity, you're going to see that from the Nuggets this weekend. They're also now in the wild card hunt, and there is a chance that they're up, you know, 12 points with five minutes to go in the fourth, and 12, probably not going to cut it. 20, probably will. And if they're up 12 points, you put Yoke out there and go like, dude, we need points. You got to go. We got to bludgeon like, this brother, team. brother, are you crazy? He goes and immediately fouls out. He's, he's like, like <laughs> well, yeah. he's like, what's the in-season tournament? Yeah. Like, Yo, are you kidding me? You not notice yeah. these courts? What's going on? Um, 76ers and Cavs, by the way, playing each other tonight. Both of them are wild card candidates. So both of them not only need to win, but need to run up the score on each other. That's kind of a fun dynamic, too. I like that one. Um, and then the M Magic, the last one for the in-season tournament. The Magic play tonight, and then they play Denver tomorrow. But tonight, an in-season tournament game, and they have to go hard against Toronto. They're still in the hunt for their group play. They can win it. So I do wonder if tonight is like perfect for Denver, where Orlando's going to have to treat this a little bit more mm. than just a regular, regular season yeah, game. Yeah, it helps the Nuggets with their yeah. end-season tournament hopes. If yes. <laughs> Orlando is a little fatigued, it helps Denver with their end-season tournament, the... I thought you guys would be a little more into this. Into you it. of all people, Wind. You of all people, I thought this Wind's would be your corner. You listen, got into Amy Del Duomo. Win summarily. the stuff that actually matters. Win <laughs> summarily dismissed the idea of seasonal affected depression, and he is cranky today, <laughs> and there is no way he's not affected if, by it. All right, if, if the Suns run up the score tonight, or if any team runs up the score, everybody at Harrison and just say, man, I can't believe you <laughs> tried to discredit yeah, Harrison. Please at me. <laughs> and you can try to tell the difference between the Suns Actually, being way better than Portland and running up the score. Well, you can tell because they're going to try to cloud late, him. late stage behavior is going to tell that story. DeAndre Ayton, I don't think he has that dog in him to like. If they were running up the score on them like that, I don't think he has the dog in he him to go most, hard foul. He might be the, the most dogless player yeah, in the NBA. He's one of the most dogless. It's why he's sure. going to get booed. And actually, now that I think about it, probably deserves it. Oh, <laughs> All right, let's take a break on the other side. Mailbag, including who is going to make the biggest leap during the season on the Denver Nuggets this year? It's a good question. Breckenridge Brewery is the official beer of DNVR. If you're local, stop into the DNVR bar. We got tons of Breck brew on tap. Uh, all your favorites, the Avalanche Amber, Juice Drop IPA, Broncos Country Pale Ale. We got good company, hard seltzers as well. If you don't know where to get Breck brew, check out the beer locator on their website. It tells you exactly where to get Breck brew no matter where you are. Type in your zip code. Boom. You're right there. Breckenridge Brewery is the official beer of DNVR. Uh, also, shout out to Hestra Gloves. Oh, yeah, baby. Uh, Hestra is a glove company. They only make gloves, and that's all they've done for 85 years. So they know what they're doing. Imagine that. Um, if you specialize in one thing, it, it yeah. makes you the best in the world. Unless you're a Ferrari and the energy company Red Bull makes better cars than you. But oh, is that an F1 joke? Red, Red Bull's not going to be making gloves. Hestra's in the clear. Uh, Hester Job Gloves, we had some in the office uh, the other week. I don't know where they went, but uh, they're awesome. Like, super comfortable, warm. Um, you, 
don't trash your good ski gloves shoveling and doing outdoor cold labor. That's where Hester gloves come in. They're perfect for just year round work, do it yourself projects, gardening, construction, landscaping, any other work where you use your hands, high in materials, and they last a long time too. These aren't gonna be gloves that you just use one year and then throw out and get a new pair. Visit hestrajob.us, H-E-S-T-R-A-J-O-B.us. Use code DNVRJOB to get 30% off your next purchase. Um, yeah, 30% off your next purchase, hestrajob.us. There you go. Um, let's go to the mailbag, shall we, Kale? Our first Into one. the bag! Oh, yeah, there's the mailbag. We're grabbing deep in our, our bag heads, already, dude. Our severed heads in a bag. Um, Rob Stennett asks... Name one nugget who will make the biggest leap between today and the All-Star break. Hmm. So he didn't even go all the way to the end of the year. Just till the All-Star break. That's a good question. Me? You said that in the way that was leading in. Yeah. I, I'll uh, answer. I've got my thought. Go for it. I think it's going to be Peyton Watson. So I think it's really going to be Peyton Watson. I candidate. feel Peyton Watson is already on the arc of improvement. He's already getting the... Uh, I see potential, but I'm going to correct you. Treatment from Michael Malone of getting s big minutes, no minutes, some minutes. Yeah. And he's getting the Michael Porter Jr. Yeah. treatment of I'm preparing you to toughen up mentally. Mm -hmm. And I, I still just see it with Peyton Watson. Like I, uh, we all obviously see it and we see the problems as well. But like, I just love his energy and the way that he plays, his length, the things that are just can't be taken away. And I just think yeah. that he is going to put it together because, again, again, he is the youngest member on this team. So it's the, he is the guy. I mean, I, I have two thoughts, but two players, but he is the one that I think will take the, the biggest lead. I think he's the, the clear choice. I'll go Julian Strother, though. That was my second. Uh, I think by the All-Star break, Julian Strother is a night tonight rotation piece i think he's penciled in for minutes every single night by the all-star break at whose expense um I, I think they just play 10 guys yeah i think they get to a point where they're playing 10 guys i don't think it has to be at anybody's expense but uh i i think the trust that michael malone already has in julian strother really says a lot man like there was a game a couple weeks ago i think it was the warriors game where julian strother did not play well if that's a rookie any other year, that guy's not playing for a couple games. Nope. The next night, he was in the rotation. Yeah. I think Michael Malone has more trust in Julian Strother than he usually has in rookies. And I think he likes him. I think he believes in him. And I think, you know, in a few months, he's just going to be in the rotation every game. Who do you think the Nuggets need more between those two players? Uh, Strother. They need scoring on the bench. Yeah, but in the playoffs, you probably need Peyton Watson more. Well, I guess I wasn't thinking playoffs. I just mean I was you're thinking, thinking regular like, season. Regular, yeah, I'm thinking 82. You're thinking But you guys 16. both agree that it is Strother in the regular season, Peyton in the playoffs, that you need more to yeah. be like ready to go? Yes. Probably, yeah. Yes. Because yeah. in, the, in the playoffs, like they won't rely on his Julian offense Strother yeah. at all. Like They, just, they simply will Unless not. Unless he could just be like Jordan Poole. <laughs> Which, which version of Jordan? <laughs> the one that beat the Nuggets in the first round? I was told that he is not anything like Jordan Poole. He's not. I don't think that's true. He's not. They I'm just, just saying from an threes. instant offense. Yeah. Instant yeah. Off yes, he is in, in many ways. He's not, they're not the same player, but there is something of similar to what they can bring. Of course. 
Man, I, I don't because those are the two candidates to me. Um, I, you know what though, I'll go the other option here and just say Christian Brown. And now some of this is we're already seeing it. So, that's, yeah, so that, like that, the last couple games. But, that's the problem. But here's that. the problem: if I ask you right now, like how much faith do you have, Christian? You have a lot of faith that he's going to guard really well, fit in in a shortened rotation where yeah. he's asked to do less. But are you confident that he can carry a bench unit through stretches? Right now, you probably aren't because it's like I don't know what his offense is. I still have a lot of hope that Christian Brown is a better offensive player than what he has looked like this year. You know, that he's a guy that you can be like, right now, this last game, he had three or four drives to the basket where you're like, wow, Christian. It was like mind-blowing that he could string together multiple good offensive possessions. I just don't think that's going to be who he is by the All-Star break. I think he has a little bit of attack game to him, a little bit of just like, oh, he's grabbing rebounds, knocking down threes. So I, I, I think he's another guy that we could – I would probably go Peyton Watson – but Christian Brown is another guy that I think is right there with Julian Strother and Peyton as a guy that could be way better by the All-Star break than he is right now. Yeah, What we've seen over the last four games, this is the offensive leap that we thought Christian Brown might be able to make. Right. Yeah. This is what it looks like. Yeah. It's not breaking his guy down one-on-one. It's not like crossing guys up. It's just getting buckets in the exact way he has right. over the last week. Yeah, it seemed, and like really the only... Although change. he did have that move last night. <laughs> he missed it. And though. then blew the layup. The, really, the only change the move, with him, that has he's undergone is just like deciding to do it. You know, like, <sighs> well, I just mean like in the first part of the year, we were like, oh, is he, he's like invisible. Now he's like, give me the rock. And he's just like charged to the basket. Like he's forcing it in a way and he's bringing chaos. Yeah, he which needs is, a little wake up call, I think. He did need a wake up call. And he, yeah, a continued wake up call. But like he's just, you know, he's like, Okay, fine. I got it. I get it. Like I'll I'll bring like the, there's so much about the bench which sometimes feels like everybody's kind of waiting for somebody else to step up and um, even if they're not like necessarily in a position where you would call it a good time to take control like sometimes it is good to just have again that element of chaos in where Christian Brown can just charge to the basket and like either, you know, take a charge or whatever take a block like I it's uh, it's just attitude and with him and I, so that's that's the reason that I didn't I kind of think he's already made the leap, you know between the last three games. Yeah, I kind of think like zero, this four, five games ago. Yeah, I, yeah, the last but we've seen like since and then. And Michael Malone like, called him out. Yes, yeah. and but Michael Malone called him out in a funny way because I agree that a lot of this is confidence and just the willingness to go. And Michael Malone's basically saying like, don't wait for it, like go for it, like go after, be more aggressive, do yeah. this or that, and. He had 25 points three games ago, 13 two games ago, and 15 last night. He's averaging 18 over the last three games. I don't That's know wild. that he's going to average 18 a game no. you know, or anything like that. But I do think that it, I won't be surprised if he strings together four or five games in a row where he's just in double figures. Dude, 10, he 12, should 14. be in double figures every night. He should. He, there should be... He should, be he should get six points on just like straight line drives every single game. He should get... Two points on an offensive rebound every game. Then there's just one more basket. Like yeah. he should be getting ten points. Every His night. stats should look eerily similar to Bruce Brown's. Well, stats he's probably exceeding year. him right now. I yeah. do love Julian Strother, though. I will say, I just I love the way he plays. I think that he is a guy that Jokic is going to love playing offense with. The defensive part is obviously hard to come by. Like it, defense is complicated in the NBA level, and you have to do a bunch of things well. But offensively, I just think he does. It's little things like how he sets screens and transition and stuff. That maxim. I always get mad when a player will set a screen in a way where I'm like, you're not reading the court. The screen was supposed to force the defender under, and then when they try to switch, you punish him by creating as much space. And some guys don't get that. They're like, I'm supposed to screen this guy, 
And it's like, well, you wasted it. You like wasted it because you didn't do this. Julian Strother is a guy that understands what's going on in every situation. So when he sets screens, he creates switches. Yeah. When he cuts, sure, he draws the help. Like, I'm sure that's a testament to playing at Gonzaga. For sure. You play under a, a pro-style offense, a pro-style program, you, a high-level program that teaches more than just like going out and shooting. Like He gets it. You know? it's been and I think that's it. part of the reason why Michael Malone really likes him. Yeah. Because he probably sees that stuff on film. Yeah. And then he looks at some of the other young guys on the roster and he's like, why can't you do what, Dude, what Julian's doing? There's nothing funnier. He's than like, such a mature player. Zeke has a lot of these where like you could see somebody get frustrated with him. He's like, what? I'm supposed to come to the elbow and set the screen. I was like, yeah, but the guy's not at the elbow. He's over here. You're yeah. supposed yeah. to go to the guy, not the whatever. And it, it just happens a lot. All right. What's the next it's question? Like Mason Plumley tries to switch Into the, the screen. Bag. That's not there. Josh Barnett. Come down on that. Don't bring it up. What's your concern level for fatigue for Joker? How hard do you think they'll go for another number one seed? I don't think it will come quite as easy as it did last year. That's a, the first part of this, or the second or last part of this is interesting. How hard is the number one seed going to be this year? Well, they have to outduel Tim Connolly's Minnesota Timberwolves. The, the Timberwolves, the Kings, those are the teams that are probably going to be pushing them. Maybe the Thunder, but I don't see the... The Thunder are good, but I don't see the Thunder going like 58 wins. I... I I don't know if it's going to be that much different than it was last year, man, to be honest. it's g Minnesota's at the top of the West right now. I mean, maybe they just are in contention for the one seed until the end, but um, the Nuggets just have had a disastrous stretch, and they're still 10-4. Exactly. They have the most wins in the West still. I I still think they can kind of coast and get there. I really do. Yeah, I think that this is, this is largely a question of, like, what does the health look like of their roster? Like, I, it's not, like, Jokic's fatigue is not a factor if he has other people to rely upon. Yeah. Like, it's, they're not pressing to get the number one seed if they have their roster in place. It's it, They are coasting and winning. Like, it's, they're just that good, you know? Like, they just can do it. It's like, if if they find themselves in a situation like they are now where they can't rely on Jamal, he's not there. It's like the years past where it's like Jokic does look tired because yes, he's carrying the entire the entire squad. Like if Murray comes back, Jokic won't look fatigued. You know? Like so it's that that's really what that comes down to. Yeah. I'll say this. I think the Celtics are gonna have the number one overall seed. They just have a lot of guys we'll and they're the best, less they get the best starting lineup this century. <laughs> but they also have fewer <laughs> like where if you lose Jokic, you lose Murray, the whole system's different. Like they can lose Tatum or Brown for a night, and it's like yeah, yeah they're still and then gonna... just lose the Charlotte Hornets. <laughs> oh, that did happen. Uh, well, they were missing Derek White. They can't miss Derek White. He's the no, guy they God, can't. No. He's the only guy that drives downhill. Um, I think that the Timberwolves are going to push Denver this year a little bit harder. I think the Sacramento Kings will as well. They've been without Fox, but now they're looking really good. Um, I don't think the Mavs or Thunder or Lakers or anybody else or Phoenix Suns. I don't think they'll ch chase Denver. Yeah. Push Denver past like 55, 56 wins. Yeah. And in regards to Jokic's, what was it? Fatigue. Fatigue? I think he's fine. I he's really totally think he's fine. fine. I, this this last stretch has just been under a microscope because they've lost three of four. He's gotten frustrated with the officiating. There's been some other stuff as well. Yeah, he hasn't been fatigued. He's been annoyed. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's fine, though. I, I am going to keep my eye on his fatigue level just because I do think that's he, all we do. Well, I think he's played harder in the first 14 games than he typically does through four, the first 14 games. That's not to say he can't handle it, but I do think it's different. I mean, there's been a lot of years past where we're like, what's going on with Yoke? Does he not care? This year he's uh, cared a what, lot. Like he's played. He's had some bangers, man, early on in the year. 
Yeah. Um, all right, let's take another quick break. On the other side, three or four more of these mailbag questions, including if the playoffs started today. We got our first if the playoffs started today <laughs> question, oh, you guys. Sweet. <laughs> when you get hurt, Bax and Shanker is here to help. Bax and Shanker wins for Colorado families. They've been helping those who are seriously injured in Colorado for more than 25 years. And the coolest thing about Bax and Shanker, you don't pay them any money until they win your case. No upfront fees, no fees while they work on your case. You're only paying these guys if they win your case and they've won over $1 billion for their clients. They've got neighborhood offices in Denver, Aurora, Englewood, Fort Collins. They've got the strength and power to win your case. More than 30 lawyers, 100 people on staff. Bax and Shanker helps with all kinds of injury cases where you weren't at fault. Car accidents, motorcycle, rideshare, pedestrians, trucks. They can even help you if you're injured at work. Give them a call. 222-2222 to find out if you have a case for free. Bacchus and Shanker wins. Also, check out Red Hawk Roofing. Uh, Red Hawk Roofing. They are Denver's best roofers. They have joined the VR team. <laughs> Quality materials. Decades of experience. Dude, these guys are homies, by the way, man. They have a really cool giveaway. Is it out yet, Kale? Do you even know? I don't think it is. All right. They're be on the lookout for a big time red. They're going to give away a pile of shingles. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> good one. They also have the quickest response time out of anybody in Denver. Colorado's best estimators and contractors. They're huge DNVR people. So support these guys if you're looking for a new roof over your home or business. They do both residential and business. Be sure to check out Red Hawk Roofing, redhawkroofing.com. Tell them DNVR sent you. Kill. we have one from Harry real quick we'll get to. He says, is Reggie the biggest riser from the start of the season? I think it's obvious. That's He's, actually my burner. That's your burner account. Reggie Jackson has easily been the most su positively surprising player this year. I don't think it's particularly from close. From the man with the breeze through his hair. <laughs> <laughs> Um, let's go to the next one here. Matthew Kimura says, I look, by the way, shouts Matthew Kimura. Every time we do a mailbag, comes up with a good question. Appreciate I appreciate you, man. that, man. Yeah, 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 appreciate it. Um, Matthew Kimura asks, if the playoffs were to start today with the current standings, how confident would you be of the Nuggets making it to the finals? Are we, well, can, we be, can we be sure that he doesn't mean if the in-season tournament started yeah, no, today? No. <laughs> All right, so here's, here's Denver is currently in the two seed, okay? And the Suns would play the Pelicans in the first playoff game. I think the Suns would win that one, but I don't know, guys. It's actually a, the Pelicans fully healthy are a good team. They're big inside. Actually, Pelicans win that one. They're too big inside. Uh, listen, they've got they've got guys that can defend yes, the mid range, they and they they're a not lot. so heavy inside. The guys that the, the teams that the Suns beat up on are teams that are like have big lunky guys in the center that they yeah. can take advantage. Yep. KD and uh, Book being able to knock down the those mid-range shots and then they play against the uh Spurs and they get beat down because Victor Wembanyama is able because he's not a center somehow he's a 7 foot 3 4 he's able to yeah. control that like mid-range area and actually give them problems Herb Jones is a guy that can like cut down on those mid-range shots like I'm going with the Pelicans man Dyson Me Daniels too. too Dyson Daneels gives them two Herb Joneses yes. they've got two yeah. like Predatory defenders. Yeah. No, I mean, like, the, the Phoenix Suns' flaws are obvious, and they're on display all the time, but their strengths right. are such that they're, they're just hoping to outscore them. All right, so to answer the question, Nuggets-Pelicans. Let's go. That's a sweep. That's a sweep? <laughs> That's a sweep. Dude, the Pelicans are good, man. Yeah. yeah. This is the playoffs, though. This they're the, good in the regular season. This is the, this is the playoffs. This is the playoffs. This is the playoffs. The, the Nuggets lost by a point to them without Jamal Murray. 
This is a sweep. I don't think it's a sweep. I think it's a five-game series. Gentlemen I think the sweep. Nuggets, it's yeah. A, but it's, I think a, it's a Timberwolves sweep. I think it's a Timberwolves sweep where it's like there's a couple blowouts, but there's a couple really tough ones as it goes on, and Denver has to press to close it out in five. Um, Thunder would have taken on the Lakers. Oh, man. <laughs> who wins Thunder-Lakers there? So we see Unfortunately, who the Lakers do. So Nuggets-Lakers in the second round. Man, I'll tell you what. At this very moment, it's oh early in the season. At this very moment, that one to me is the sweep. Yeah, I we, mean, how we do have they historical defend Zach Levine? <laughs> no. We have historical precedent. Well, we're gonna have to think about that. <laughs> the Lakers, to me, look like a team that knows. The, like, they, Lakers, honestly, if this playoff started today, would be trying to get out of the six seed to avoid the Nuggets. Yeah, that's the truth. Uh, and then the Nuggets would probably be taking on the Timberwolves at that point on the road, going on the road to take on the Timberwolves. Uh, that's that's tough. It's the toughest matchup by far in the Western Conference. Honestly, man, no other team even moves me in the West right now. Sacramento does to me. In the playoffs, in a playoff series, they I would move Denver, you? I mean, the same way that Minnesota does. I think Denver beats both teams, but I wow. think they both would be tough. De'Aaron Fox is the type of player Denver sucks at guarding. Did and you he's watch great. the Kings in the playoffs last year? They're a different team this year, though. How different, though? I mean, meaningfully, the same way that the Nuggets weren't the same team from 2018 to 2019, 2019 to 2020. They had Darren Fox in the playoffs last year. I know, but he's had a playoff experience now. They he still have Sabonis. I mean, I, I just... They have Keegan Murray, who's now a, a second-year player who's really good player. Like They are he was better a rookie. than they were last year. I I still don't think that's a team set up to, to really challenge anybody in the playoffs. De'Aaron Fox, so. I think, would really, really do damage to Denver. He's hard to guard, and it's, he's he, good he at did, the He did damage, he he did damage in the playoffs last year. It's just that they Sabonis let them down so mightily yeah. last year. Like it, Their toughness comes into into question when it gets to the those grind-out series. We'll see. I'm interested. But like it, I don't know that Sabonis is better. Like, All right, well, the Timberwolves are right now are the only team that I think can really Dude, push the like, Nuggets to like a seven-game series. I feel like I want the fan base of the Timberwolves to give me an apology for Tim Connolly. You know what I mean? Like, they were so out on Tim Connolly, and I was like, you assholes. You don't even understand what you have. It's unbelievable to think Tim might really have built, or largely built, the two teams in the West when nobody predicted it. That's, I mean, it's so funny. It's, he's just uh, very good at this. This question comes from Ethan. Construct the ideal taco. Oh. Uh, I go flour. Flour uh, for I, sure. I like I like both a lot, but I do for the perfect taco. And, and we're talking street tacos, style? dude. We're talking. Ta this is why I love it is because it's taco. Any taco you want. For me, for me, yeah. I need a little pork belly in there. Dude, okay. I was gonna say the same thing. I need a little pork belly and pork belly to me is a corn I tortilla. I will go a that one's a corn tortilla. <laughs> the problem with the I corn have to take corn tortillas suck. They do, and they always crack. They always yeah. crack. Harrison, you're wrong. Well, that's well, not, you know, yeah. actually, you're wrong. Kale. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing about that. No, uh, flour tortillas are just better. They're just better. They are better. They're and different they're, tacos for different they, tortillas. They, they have a, a higher tensile strength, which I appreciate. Yeah. Uh, you eating but, your ta taco with a fork? Is this what's going on here? No, but they don't. The, the corn tortilla can crack down the middle. Okay. That's why they oftentimes have to have two. Yeah. So anyway, pork belly and then like a non-offensive crunch like a cabbage. Maybe a little, <laughs> maybe a pickled. Maybe wow. a pickled onion in there. Oh <laughs> uh, man, I don't know if I have a specific taco. I I like all tacos. Like I, Dude, I don't I don't man, know if I have a, a specific take. one that <laughs> I'm like I'll, building every time. I will tell you the greatest taco in Denver. Oh boy, is right across the street from the DMVR bar. So good. It's uh, at Pinche's Tacos right yep. across the street. Well, and it it's called is called Cut Tacos and Tequila now. Because <laughs> they can't say Pinche's Tacos. <laughs> well, you can. But it is the Hongo's 
uh, taco there. It is uh -huh. a mushroom taco. It's very unique. It's got corn, Cut his mushroom. Mic. Yeah. Cut his mic. It's mostly mushrooms. It has corn, and then it has this like che melted cheese that is unbelievable. You have to go there. You have to get it. And I'm telling you, the people there, that's the one they're the most proud of. You know, it's like that's oh, our I, that's our staple taco. So it's the main ingredient is a mushroom. Yeah. It's unbelievable. I'm telling wow. you guys, it is unbelievable. So, so I might have to go right it's now. It's a Mario-ass take. <laughs> Sounds like an insult, but just a joke. I like, honestly, man, I don't meet a lot of tacos I don't like. Uh, my place, Bel Beltrans, too. Uh, El Pastor, that's my favorite for a regular taco. But there's I like uh, El Pastor, I always get excited about, but it's never, I always get a multitude, and it's never my favorite, even though I always think it is. Yeah. Because then I'm you're like, always ordering one of them if you're Yeah, but I'm always tacos. like, this is too much pineapple oh, you went no, hard on so, pineapple. so good i gotta take you guys to the great taco yeah. place but i'm always if, you actually had taco we came over the time if i'm getting three tacos i'm getting el pastor yep yeah. i'm getting a carne asada is like that's like the two base <sighs> ones but then, i'm getting you a, gotta but, get quesabedia too that's but the best i'm one. getting yeah. a el pastor i'm getting a pork belly yep. and yeah and my third one i usually would go like shrimp really oh. yeah all right. Well, I get a mushroom. That's a bolder ass sure. order of tacos. Uh, <laughs> you ordered a mushroom taco. <laughs> <That's> so true. <laughs> it's so good, though. I'm telling you, it's unbelievable. That boy nice says, can Brown plausibly hit his goal of at least shooting 40% from the three point line? No. And then Carmine asks, what do you think CB becomes a starter for the Nuggets? I do think one day he could be. I don't think he's like ever overtaking KCP, but I do think that one day he would make sense as a starter with the Nuggets. So just. You know, a new, a different iteration that's not now. Forty percent from he's three. Not a, he's not a. 40 I don't think he's going to shoot forty percent. He's not a. He's not a. 40 Can I tell you shooter. something though? He had a confident one the other day yeah, in transition. He did. Confidence, he absolutely. Is, confidence. Did. People don't get it, man. Confidence is so, but so, the, so important for but, young players. But, but, but. Yeah. You're talking about it coming on. Confidence is fleeting always. Yeah. You know, like they're a guy. They're a guy like. Steph Curry, you're not. You're never like, oh man, his confidence is just. <laughs> um, he's just not a forty percent shooter. He's a good shooter, yeah. but he's like he'll be like a thirty-seven percent, which sounds nominal, but it like yeah, it's, it's actually a big that. difference. Thirty-seven, thirty-eight is where I think he finishes. I was gonna say thirty-six, thirty-seven. Um, you know what though? Here's the thing about about uh, about Christian. He is a winner, man. He is, and I do think that confidence is one of those things that you're right. It does wax and wane for some players, and not for others at certain skills. I do think though that he can become an unflappable type guy. It doesn't mean he's going to mm -hmm. shoot forty percent, but right now I do think confidence is a big issue for him. Yeah, and I can foresee a world in the near future where it no longer is. I completely agree with you. He just doesn't have a forty percent stroke. Yeah, he doesn't yeah, have it. I agree. Yeah. He could have good games every night, just not good shooting games that yes, often. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Also, it's going to be tough because he's only taking one or two threes every game. You know? Yeah. yeah. So, true. if he goes 0 of 2, that's going to kill him. He'd have to hit like six in a row. That would take him, yeah, yeah four games right now. Um, all right. That does it for today, guys. Nuggets, oh, dude. Nuggets are back tomorrow. They've got the Orlando Magic who play tonight, in season tonight. And don't forget, if the Suns run up the score... When? <laughs> when when the Suns Dude, what run if the up Suns, the score, what if the Suns lose by twenty? Harrison win. You can tag me too. Just letting him know. Say Adam was right, Harrison. Just yeah, at please. him and let him know that we were right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, you, it, the problem that you have right now, Harrison, is you're discounting the unscrupulous nature of the Phoenix Suns. 
That's true. Which is it never is so true. the side to be on. Matt Ishbia might personally call the timeout. Yes. Yeah, run it up. I think you're not discounting for the It might be down in this game. It's possible. The Blazers are running up the score on that. That's what I'm saying. Aiden calls timeout to get one last three in. All at you. Unbelievable. All right, everybody. Thanks so much. Hit that like button on the way out. We'll see you. Like the mayor.